Once again, it's soccer time here on the Owls America Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm your host in suburban Utah, Jeffrey Paternostro. It's going to be a big show. We've got a lot to cover heading into the championship season. So I got myself a big beer. It is a, a 22 ounce. Tall boy. It's a bottle. It's not actually a can, but the Pfeiffer Horn Lager from Epic Brewing in Salt Lake City. 5.3%. It is a uh, quaffable American lager with a European flavor. Some noble hops. Uh, it's a quality lager from a, a local brewery. And it's hopefully going to get me through what's going to be a pretty long show. And joining me to recap our summer and look forward, well, to, it's still the summer, but look forward to the beginning of the season. First, in New England, I'm in, sure enjoying uh, quite the humid summer. It's Justin Disorker. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Uh, yeah, up until this week, it was uh, borderline unbearable. Uh, good news for me and my kids is that we live on an island, basically. Mm-hmm. So water is easily accessible. We're spending a lot of time in it. Um, and I also decided to stay local for my beer choice. Uh, two Falmouth institutions. Uh, now, the uh, Aquatic Brewery uh, makes a pretty nice stout. And uh, the one of the best little coffee shops around is uh, Pie in the Sky in Woods Hole. Uh, apparently, the owners of these two institutions live uh, next door to each other with only a fence separating them. And this collaboration for their Pie in the Sky coffee oatmeal stout came well, standing in your backyard, uh, talking over a fence, a la home improvement, just to uh, completely uh, confuse all of our listeners under the age of 40. Also joining us in Portland, Oregon, Dark Cascadia, Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Jeff, Justin, how are you? Welcome back. Happy New Year. I have um, from the uh, good folks down the street at Schilling Hard Cider. This uh, I'm usually not into the cocktails, the pre cocktail in a can, but this is their uh, take on the mule. It's the Mountain Mule, uh, so it's with uh, the Portland Syrup collaboration, I guess we would call it, but... Um, you know, I didn't try a, a cocktail in the can until I was on a flight recently, and I was pleasantly the, surprised. The, the place to do it. They're actually pretty good right now. Uh, yeah. The quality they're, they're is much better around. than it was. Uh, I'm curious, though, because we, we don't sell liquor in our grocery stores, but I'm mm. starting to see some of these uh, cocktails in the can showing up. Well, I'm they're not, not particularly high ABV, so that's probably how they get around it. They're not technically considered curious, liquor. I'm 6.999. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they're trying to get around something. <laughs> good stuff. Round it up. We'll kick off the season by looking back at the transfer window and some of the preseason friendlies. We'll cover the Wednesday news. Preview Southampton in the league on a Friday night under the lights in Hillsboro. Uh, 1 p.m. kickoff here, so under what's probably going to be a very hot summer sun. And a tr- visit from Stockport County in the League Cup. No Pizza Cup. We are, we are, we are blissfully free of the Pizza Cup for now at least. Uh, we also, of course, do our preseason predictions, and we've uh, really put it together this year. Uh, full credit to Mike, actually, who spearheaded this. I was in Scottsdale mm-hmm. last week, so we have we will do we will do our preseason predictions uh, live on the show, and we'll also cover some interesting preseason predictions from uh, various other co-hosts and friends of the show that Mike uh, co-laid over the last couple of weeks. But we will start with the summertime fun that Wednesday had. In the transfer window. I broke this down in the dock by position. 
And we'll start with the defense, where actually Wednesday did most of their business, at least as of your card. We'll also talk about some moves they may be making in the in the coming days. But the uh, first major move on the defensive front is they signed Paul Valentin, a 26-year-old right back from Sporting Guion. For a transfer market says $300,000. I don't know if that's right, but it's what it says. I do know they paid a fee. Uh <laughs> He's bounced around uh, the second division in Spain the last few years. I don't know what to make of this. I don't believe he's gotten... I think he did get the last... Uh, he got into the Doncaster game, I think, as a sub, but he's only been in for a week or so at this point. Wednesday, are obviously playing a 4-1-4-1 or a 4-3-3, if you prefer. So they do need probably a more traditional right back, and he does he does serve as that. And we know that Liam Palmer is coming off some offseason surgery and hasn't featured a ton in, in preseason as well. So is this just cover for Liam Palmer? Does is this like a a, a Cisco special? Does he know something? Is he like you know you think Spanish second division and Sporting Gion was at the or towards the bottom of the Segunda Liga, I think it's called last year. But again, uh, as we'll go through, we go through these players a young. You know, defensively minded player for the 2023-2024 season. You know, I mean, we're adding squad depth sure. um, as we go through these list of things. Yeah, this is going to be like, this is not like, <laughs> it's going to be a, um, a difficult transfer window to discuss in some ways because I, I'm sure the real heads out here, I'm sure there's some second division Spanish, uh, Spanish league watchers that have probably stronger Paul Valentin takes than we do, but no, I mean, it, it, to me, it just opens up that we are, um, you know, with a new manager, we are looking at a, you know, he's got a new network to tap. Um, and here we are. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. Um, well, and, but there's really, we're adding depth, we're adding youth and that's fine by me. Yeah. It's like, it's just not, uh, you know, I don't know what would over, wouldn't have happened with Darren Moore in the window. Obviously, Wednesday have a, a new director of football, which we'll get to in the uh, in the news segment. But yeah, it's not like we can sit here and be like, oh, well, you know, they went after Devontae Cole to play up front. To, you know, players that look, there's some players I think you know uh, we'll get to in a minute. You know, that uh, was recently on loan at Ipswich, uh, or sorry, at, at Portsmouth. So. You know, there, it's not all that, but yeah, it is. It's a little different. So we're going to be flying blind. We again did not get to see most of these players uh, feature too much in preseason. They've been coming in over the over the last couple of weeks, really, um, really since the the Spain preseason trip. I suspect maybe losing four nil to a recently promoted second division Spanish side might have uh, encouraged things along uh, within the hierarchy of sheffield wednesday perhaps i don't know we'll get to that as well we so this we are recording this the two days before season yep. opener this all came in the last two days though didn't it yeah for, i mean for the most part Ten days, uh, you were looking at millions besides reese james i think uh delgado came in before valentine but it was just a couple days before yeah. and i think it was still after the spanish chapter maybe right at the end of it uh it got it got announced but we'll stick with the the defense for now uh Deshaun Bernard, a free transfer, a former Man U uh, youth team and reserve player, uh, most recently on loan with Portsmouth, as I said before. Uh, 
uh, Jamaican national played in the Gold Cup, you know, featured for the Gold Cup for a you know, pretty good Jamaican side now. And I believe they finished third in that. And uh, the most important thing here, uh, this is his Twitter handle and his nickname, Big Dish. Love it. Absolutely love it. He also has the he has the social media enthusiasm. That, yes, yeah, uh, more of a <laughs> more, of a, more of a traditional center back. Uh, you know, there was interest throughout the championship for him and in Europe. So, you know, this is a I think a pretty good signing. I don't know if I'm going to call it a coup yet, but this is I think of the signings, the player I'm most interested to see uh, in a Wednesday shirt in the coming weeks. Hundred percent. This is the one that when I read up on him got me really excited. This is a. Good size center back who's really good with the ball of his feet. Not, not the biggest the size center forward. back they brought in, but yes. <laughs> no, no, and that's but that's not really his game necessarily. No, right. And and he's the guy that you know we are going to look to play with possession. It looks yes. like, um, and he's going to be the guy who on the back line can take that ball, hold that ball, and distribute it uh, properly. That really appears to be a strength. So to know that you've got. Uh, a center back in that can do that. Right. That's something a little different than Femewo and a Hekway as well. Very much so. Um, and if we are going to play four at the back, uh, you know, ostensibly that changes depending on possession or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if we are going to play four at the back, it makes sense for us to be bringing in um, multiple guys who can play right back slash right wing. And we've got Reese James signed. I assume he'll be uh, challenging for the left back spot if not taking the left back spot and now we've got a little bit of depth on the wings um we've got a little bit of depth at center back we've got a little bit of depth in the midfield um you know let's get us a backup goalie uh another winger or two and uh i don't know i like the squad more center back depth as they today they announced the signing of uh bombo diaby a 25-year-old center back, most recently at Preston North End. Uh, look, we'll get this out of the way. He was suspended for doping for two years uh, when he was with Brentford. He has taken, uh, I think it was, it was a three-match ban for fighting on the pitch. So, and he is also the aforementioned, like, look, he's a, he's a, just a big, he looks like a big championship center back, right? He's just an absolute man mountain. Again, uh, this is like, what is it? It's the... Shaquille O'Neal quote, like, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with your game or whatever it is. But again, this guy obviously played at Preston. He's played at the the championship level recently. Again, a younger player, right? They're not signing the the 30-year-old championship veterans like they did last time they were in this league. And it it is a look towards something a little bit more in the future. The interesting thing to me as we wrap up the defenders is I don't know that this was the area I would have focused on in terms of squad building for the summer uh, based on what we were coming in with especially after bringing back reese james and marvin johnson but i thought about it today and i think we have to be we get to the predictions you'll see how realistic we are about uh the upcoming championship season they have some pretty good defenders right now so they will be able to shut up shop i think and get results when they need to get results for a team that's, you know, look, we know what the chairman said about promotion. But realistically, a team that is, I think, going to be favored in a lot of places to, if not be in a relegation scrap, get relegated. So I think the value in having this kind of defensive depth, you know, players that can 
that can do it in at, at this level or in the in the lower leagues. And look, we've seen what happened last year when they brought in a ton of center back help and were uh, playing Marvin Johnson in a back three for large portions of the winter. So that's it, you know it's it's a back four instead of a back five, which does sort of shift your your priorities. But I actually really like this window as far as the the back line goes. I think they're going to be able to, especially with the Hekwe and Famewo, who we've seen what, what they can do at this level, or at what, League One level. And they're, again, young. I think they're certainly capable of making the step up here. I think it just gives them more options. Yeah, and then you've got Bernard, you've got Diaby. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Iorfa maybe get moved out to more of a right-back uh, yeah, I don't like. Year, I guess I don't he, love him. He's in the middle. Going no, forward I don't in like that him spot, in the middle. But, yeah, well, <laughs> I'd rather have him out there going forward than in the middle. Sure. Um, and even uh, we, they, he may get loaned out, but even have uh, Kieran Brennan, who I think yep. has acquitted himself fine in that role. Like that's that's really solid uh, center back depth going into the season, especially because we know. Uh, what six of them will be hurt by yes. uh, mid-November? Look, I don't think they're going to score a lot of goals. So whatever they can do to not concede a lot of goals is a, a, a sound strategy. We move on from there to the midfield. Uh, and only one player of note: Juan Delgado, a right winger from Pacos Ferreira, which is a relegated uh, Portuguese Liga side this year. And you can play both right wing and right back. So again, uh, a little bit more. Like, look, this just gives them some creativity and and how they want to play basically the front six, right? So he can he can slot in more to like a, a right wing in the midfield role. He can push forward in more of a 4-3-3. He can play more of an attacking right back role if you need to move things around when you're chasing games, right? You you take Liam Palmer off or pull Valentin off, move him back and bring a striker on if you want to be a little more uh, attacking, chasing late. So uh, interesting player. He actually has gotten into a few preseason games and gotten a, a pretty good reviews. Uh, especially, especially in the uh, either the Luton or the Doncaster game, the one I didn't catch the first half of, uh, and I think it's what he played. But you know, he's a little bit older, a little bit more of a veteran. Again, uh, he's played up and down the the Portuguese league for the most part. But certainly, if you look at it and they want to play this four three three or four one four one, they did not have really a right sided attacking player outside of the youth outside of the youth squad uh, in the current roster. So this is a uh, a good fit for how I think uh, Cisco's going to be looking to play. Well, Wilk, Wilkes can play on the right. But he can, yeah. I forgot he's like, healthy like, now, like too. He's gotten into the last couple ones, but yeah. Like we said earlier, this is just. You do need more than one right winger. Yeah, and they've got, you know, now they've got multiple guys who can, who can play left back, who can play left. They wing, have 23 right first back, team players. Play right wing. 23 now. They can, they can actually. <laughs> That I does know. include like Serum Brennan and Rio Shipston, but yeah, they, they can take the they can take nineteen, not take nine. It'll be it. They will have like well, nineteen uh... senior players on the maybe not. Some of them have just signed, so I don't know if they're gonna be ready for Southampton. But hypothetically, they can conceivably have nineteen senior players on Friday. So, well, there's a couple of the younger guys I know over the last year or so. Sean Fusiri yep. um, has has looked a lot better, and then. Uh, you know, we laugh because he's 18 or 19 and, and hasn't really. But uh, from everything I'm seeing and hearing, Rio Shipston continues yeah. to impress. Um, it would have been, you know, for his development, it might have been nice to stay down a level. So he could have, you know, maybe been a full-time starter. But I think he, he may end up helping provide some 
some interesting depth in that midfield, which you know we probably are going to need looking at it right now. Yeah. Uh, up front, they have added Ashley, Ashley Fletcher, uh, on, I believe on loan from Watford. Yes. Uh, he was a Red Bull loanee once upon a time, although he did not play much there. So certainly of interest in Patty to Luke, uh, Patty and Luke. Luke noted that he was responsible. He did not score for Red Bull, but was responsible for one of the funniest own goals in recent. Oh, fantastic Red Bull history. <laughs> uh, obviously played with with Zisco when he was when he was with Watford. I, I believe he actually signed him for Watford uh, at the time, if I recall. Uh, look faster again, speedy guy. Not a great goal scoring record. 27 so again on on the younger side not a young player per se but again give him significantly younger than the strikers they have so well it's funny we we see the cisco connection and we're like oh well and then you realize that cisco is only there for yeah like not even a full year i I guess probably a full year so um and it's kind of what the championship is all about is let's let's give these guys a chance and we'll see what happens yep we will you know, sometimes it's uh, oh, it was the one that Patty absolutely hated last year or two years ago that they got from the Dutch league or whatever it was. I don't remember now. Forward? Be... Yeah, forward. Do not remember right now. Yeah, so you, you can see how bad yeah. the, league, the league one memories are already gone. In yeah. Oh, I know exactly. Uh, yeah. Camberry. Camberry, yes. Florian Camberry. That's what it is. Yeah, I've forgotten that guy. We were in League so One. Many, like, yeah, with good reason. Like, one, yeah. With good reason. Yeah. There's so many that have just disappeared from your memory, right? Like Jack Marriott was here uh, for a while, and uh, who was the other one from Huddersfield that scored like one Jordan goal? Rhodes? No, the other one from Huddersfield, <laughs> who only scored one goal. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, uh, the guy that just signed with Cambridge. Um, he did. Oh, damn. The guy who was known for having his note taken by Ross Wallace. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, whatever. Kachunga. Yeah, Elias, Elias Kachunga. Yeah, they just disappear, just right? They just absolutely, they're already gone. That was yeah. the championship too, but there's so many disappointing Wednesday strikers in, well, Wednesday history, but certainly recent Wednesday history. Hopefully uh, Ashley Fletcher will not put his name among them. No, but again, like that's, if nothing else, that's like, quality depth you've yes. got gregory smith and fletcher and sort of windass and sort of wilkes play. too wilkes can play more sort of wilkes can all can all play in the middle but again you know uh wilkes and windass can also play out wide mm-hmm. um, we've seen gregory shift out wide if needed like uh, uh, some nice depth again no 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 stars like not, none of this transfer window has been the guy that you're going my god that's a difference maker um Although again, I do uh, Bernard. I, I do. I'm curious to see. Right. Uh, but everybody else is providing what appears to be really solid depth and additions to a squad. Who I think I know the rest of the world thinks we're fucking horrible. But <laughs> you know, I thought coming up we were a lower mid-table championship team if we filled in some gaps and some depth, and that's what we're doing. So there may be some more uh, depth to come. They appear to be close with uh, Davis Vasquez from AC Milan. Uh, I assume I, I don't know, he's gonna be. It's gonna be alone. 
I, I did like this. It's going to be a loan with no option to buy. Like AC Milan are, hor- are horribly afraid that Sheffield Wednesday can like make the uh, purchase price for an AC Milan goalkeeper. But uh, I don't know if he'll come right into the squad if he's just there to test Austin and be the cupkeeper or how that's going to play out. Uh, obviously, if they do get him in, it's going to be right up against the, the start of the season. So I imagine it'll be a little bit before we see him either way. And uh, Anthony Musaba, a winger from Monaco, might also be coming in on loan. Again, 22. So uh, a young... Okay, like It's just like Wednesday getting like AC Milan and Monaco players is kind of fascinating to me. The, uh, obviously, obviously they're players that have not really featured for Monaco or AC Milan, but... True. It is a big step up from certainly where we were last year, mm-hmm. though. Um, I think the goaltending thing's interesting because, by all accounts, uh, Pierce Charles has not done a thing wrong in in the last. He's, I mean, other months. than other than be seventeen years old, yes. So that's what it is. <laughs> I, I feel like if look. He was I think 20, he has to go somewhere and get. I think I think he has to go somewhere and get first team football. Right, like either League One or League Two, and as a teenager, I think he has to uh, just get that experience. And if, and that's that's a great idea. If that's the idea, is bring in a guy on one year, let yeah. Charles out to get some experience and see what we've got, and uh, you know maybe repeat the decision next year. But you know, Kim Dawson's always always older than I think he is. He just turned twenty eight. Um, he still feels like a kid to me, but you know, he's probably you know he's got a few years left. I mean, I, keepers I tend mind. to peak later, right? Like late twenties, early thirties. So yeah. he should be actually True. entering his. His peak right now. Well, that would be nice. We may we may need it next year. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's just before we get to the preseason, let's let's just take poke our head in and see where some of our friends from our League One promotion season have gone. Uh, not a ton to talk about here. Uh, Fizz ended up at Hatayspor uh, in the Tur- the Turkish Super League. You know, a team that did play in Europe last year. So I don't know if they are this year or not, but I've not kept up super close on the again this is something i know we made it a full 23 minutes uh into the show before i went to wikipedia but so it goes did i spell that wrong yeah there we go i didn't oh that's right they uh they sorry they withdrew from this the turkish super league because of the earthquake they were right where the uh oh where the, uh, the yeah the and there's the uh, like that's when uh, when Christian Atsu died because he's on the team at the time too in their training facility. Uh, I had, I should have remembered that, but I did forget about it. So yeah, they were uh, they just withdrew from the league and were not relegated uh, because of it for obvious reasons. And the only other player, uh, Jaden Brown, has joined our old friends at Lincoln City. He will be an imp this year. He'll be with the Red Imps. I wish him well. Yeah, great, great, uh, great low cross to Patterson. They'll be around. About that. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about preseason. They wrapped up their last uh, preseason friendly against Doncaster uh, at the weekend. Lost 2 1. There was, I believe there was a draw with Luton in there somewhere. They again got beat 4-0. I did not watch a ton of this. I watched the second half of the Doncaster game and I think all of the Real Mercia game because I just noted it was on and threw it on my second screen. 
I didn't watch much of this either. I uh, don't know like what how much to read because like they played so many youth play like four or five youth players in each well you follow along on just following along on twitter you could just tell you know just based upon our our friends with the the local papers that there was a run out and like it's in like cobwebs and all that good stuff but yeah i mean there's gonna the bad thing about it is the squad hasn't gelled yet and it's gonna take some time for the squad to gel uh and the first game is 48 hours from now (laughs) Yeah. Well, this this is the first time since Carlos that we've actually had a manager taking his first game at the first game of the season. Everyone else has been mid-season since Carlos. And God, that's right. Actually, isn't it? That's yeah. No, so, well, Darren Moore last year was. Uh, no, he was in the year before. Oh, you're right. You're he right, came you're in right. in the championship. Your first yeah, game. You're right. Now, Cisco didn't have a full recruiting. Uh, <laughs> yes, sure. He didn't, he didn't bring in his squad. He brought in his, his, and then even just in the last two week, his uh, staff was joining. But right. you know, I got think again going back to Carlos. Carlos, I think one, one of his first seven or eight games, and then got onto a good streak. So they started, they started good the first few games, and kind of had a little dip, and then picked back up, if I recall correctly. Yeah. So I, and again, I mean, the the Wednesday fan base, we are known for patience. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Else. So uh, let's just let's hope. No, I'm excited. I, I, I mean, I'm always excited the game of any season, but I think we're going to do a lot better than um, people are predicting. And um, I mean, I'm talk- not talking about Wednesday fans. I'm talking about other pundits. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I, I just want to be optimistic. What see what Cisco wants to do. Yeah, we will find out uh, at the weekend or at Friday. Friday game. We will get to a preview of said game against Southampton, but for now we'll take a break, come back to the Wednesday news, preview of the upcoming fixtures, and do our preseason predictions. Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. We start with some sad news. Uh, since we last recorded both uh, Trevor Francis and Chris Bart Williams, two uh, significant figures, Wednesday in the early 90s, have uh, passed away. And uh, it's we're all roughly the same age. And we're also at the same age where the sort of the sporting heroes of our youth start to get on years a little bit. They, look, both these figures are taken far too far too soon they were not old men by any stretch of the imagination but it does get you like thinking back to those those early 90 days and of course when i as i said before on the show i watched those 91 92 highlights and you know trevor francis was certainly at the at the center of them you know and he cut a a very large figure in the sport even before he came to wednesday obviously the first the first million pound signing in English football history, you know, a man that's that won in Europe and obviously of course was a was Wednesday's manager for their their two cup finals. So uh it's just it's very sad to see some of those folks certainly still uh, active in the game and around it, as was Chris Bart Williams. You know, he did a lot of work in the in the US, uh with like youth training and, and things like that. And it just sucks. I thought the the tribute to them in the preseason was was well done and I'm sure we'll see uh See the same, I assume, before the 
for kickoff on Friday. Yeah, Francis was uh, fascinating too. The player manager. Yeah, you don't you don't get that anymore. You know, at, at that the is start a very uh, nineties thing. But he, uh, you know, he, in, in some ways, he's so representative of what, you know, the way that modern football has turned out. Where he took Wednesday to a third place finish. Mm-hmm. He then the following year went to the final of both cups. Um, and then uh, he gets canned for finishing mid-table. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, you, you made a great point. His his legacy is all over England. Right. I mean, yes. you, that goes down. Nottingham Forest fans are, yes. are to, sad. To European Man City wins, fans yeah. even. Uh, you know, he played for Rangers. He played for QPR. Uh, you know, the, the guy was really a, a sort of, English Birmingham City. He was like an English. He played for Sampdoria. Did he? Yeah, in the eighties, he played for Samp. Yeah, I mean, this is this guy is everything. Chris Barrett Williams is kind of a different case. Where I mean, he was obviously a very good footballer, but I I think the tragedy with this is twofold. In that, one, he's just so young. I mean, yeah. insanely young. I mean, I, I the older I get, <laughs> Trevor Francis dying at sixty nine sounds a lot worse than it did when I was say fifteen. Uh, but that's sad, but Chris Barr Williams is far too young and he was just one of those guys who his impact, you know, it sounds sort of played out or, you know, like a bit of a trope, but his impact was bigger than necessarily his production on the field. He's a guy that everybody in that locker room loved. He had one of those personalities that blew up, you know, it was just bigger than himself in that elevated Wednesday of that era as well. You know, he was just mm-hmm. a kind of a, a beacon of light on on some really, really talented teams. So, and another um, player that featured for Nottingham Forest as well. Certainly, uh, this was noted that obviously mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, you know, there were two, I think, significant figures for both clubs, obviously in different eras. Although they overlapped at Wednesday, it was at, uh, Bart Williams was at Forest after his Wednesday tenure, and Trevor Francis before. What I didn't know and found out is that uh, he coached in Connecticut for a fair bit of time for the soccer plus team and the women in the old women's premier soccer league and oh soccer. God. Yeah. Soccer uh-huh. plus actually holds a, holds a very close spot in my heart. Cause it's the place where I got my first pair of soccer boots when I was six years old. Uh, there's a soccer plus in, uh, old Weathersfield in the, in the historical district. And, uh, I went there to get my first pair of, of soccer shoes and the person, who sold them to me was uh, Tony DeChico, the oh, wow. World Cup winning. Uh, yeah, I went to, I yeah, went to yeah, school yeah. with his youngest son or his oldest son. Um, but yeah, he he actually coached one of my under like under eight teams or something there before he uh, got brought back into into the. Uh, it's great into the uh, obviously the U.S. women's setup, but yeah, oh great guy, uh, absolutely great guy. Uh, you know, again, one of the, one of the reasons I love soccer today, honestly, was having him as my coach was like under eights or under tens or something. I don't remember exactly when I think he coached me a couple of years, but I did not know that this was, I mean, that was like uh, mid two thousands when uh, Chris Bart Williams was, was coaching. I don't know how I missed it in all honesty, but we will now move to Wednesday's new technical director. They have brought in uh, Luke Dowling, most recently of West Bromwich Albion, but has also served as sporting director for both uh, Nottingham Forest and Watford. Look, this is a this is a needed top down move. I will say the 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 one 
thing I saw from a, a West Brom fan in the WhatsApp group was not particularly positive on him. But again, it's a a figure that knows this league, knows this level, can identify players that can ideally can identify players that can can do a job at this level, and it just gives you another layer of knowledge basically of uh another layer structure chancery and the uh actual you, if you want to phrase it that way justin you can, you can i mean honestly well. to, to that to that point like when you were listing off the teams this guy was with i'm like oh yeah i mean forest has been better of late but they're in the premier uh, league may, i mean yeah. but like may, these are, may, these are... maybe the maybe the important thing though is just that they created that position or that they filled that position right sure. which i think you're sort of alluding to just that now we're moving in that direction and hopefully this guy is good but just to know that we're thinking of this you know more modern view of football is a really positive step to me so i will note as is noted in this uh yorkshire post article that one of the concerns with his time at west brom was that the relationship between him and slavin Bilic broke down I feel like that's not the only professional relationship in Slavin Bilic's <laughs> life that has uh, broken down over the years. So I mean, you, you maybe can or can't hold that against him. Uh, your mileage may vary. As far as I can tell, this is not actually official yet. This is also one of those things where it's uh, unclear. That's not well, been officially announced by the club. Let's mention it briefly uh, yes. next week after it's official. Yeah, fine. Fair enough. Uh, also official are Wednesday's finances for the last year. Uh, they only lost 5 million pounds, which is actually a, a marked improvement. Uh, and I figured out, figured out why I, I'll be honest. I have not gone through the entire disclosure form yet. Maybe I'll get around to it, but I, but I have a theory without, uh, without looking at it. I got a message from Patty today. Patty was nice enough to pick up. Uh, the new home kit for me and uh, a home kit for my kid when he was over uh, in Sheffield a couple weeks ago. And I got the shirt, I got the home shirt. And when you get the kit for the kid, it comes with the shorts and the socks. Do you get it? The whole thing. Uh, $165. So that is how they only lost. I up. <laughs> that is how they only lost $5 million. I'm pretty sure because yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not one to ever understand the way that finances are run mm -hmm. in sport. Generally, I struggle. Every in team in the championship sport, loses money is the no short, is well, the short answer. Right. Yeah. Every team in league one, like yeah. I understand that to me, the good news that came out of all this is simply the fact that it doesn't even mean chance theory figured out how to do things right. But all that bullshit that we were going through two, three years ago, uh, the FFP, the points, all that. Mm -hmm. we, we are done with that. That is, we have righted yeah. the ship. We, yeah. have, we have bailed out and patched the holes. We may still be, you know, real low in the water, but we have patched the holes and, you know, we're starting we're to mark bail that out. Clip. We're going to mark the clip of Justin saying we are done with FFP. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't, Mike. Please don't. Now, uh, yeah, going to League One, Getting rid of a lot of wages, yeah. It's, look, they're clearly still willing to pay wages. I suspect if you're bringing in Monaco and AC Milan players, and I assume if you're getting, if you're getting the, you know, the Man U reserve defender with 
lower league experience, who had interest from other teams in the championship and Europe, you're putting something on the table, right? And it's not just playing time, which is fine. No, I mean, we offer, we offer a few things. I mean, yeah. we, we realistically do. We, we offer in this case, playing time. We also offer a, a, a chance to get playing time in an atmosphere that can replicate a much larger club mm-hmm. um, in some ways. The the pressure on players, the media, <laughs> yeah, the pressure the, on yeah. the, the crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It. It's funny, but yeah, it's. I, I think there's something there. If you if you want to come play at Wednesday, you're going to get a taste of, you know, you're going to taste boy, of something. Girl yeah. football. <laughs> you know, it's English soccer. Um, yeah, eighth or ninth biggest league in Europe. It's it's worth it. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that. You know, the season started. We already have a game moved to Sky. Tuesday, September 19th against Middlesbrough will be a Sky and then probably an ESPN Plus game. So there you go. Expect a lot more of these next year. Yeah. But we start the season off with a visit from the Saints. Take it away, Justin. Um, Yeah, this was... uh, Both previews were interesting because it was teams I... I had touched on Southampton last year, but hadn't really looked at them. So uh, they're 20th in the premiership last yeah. <laughs> year, uh, minus 37 goal difference. They had three managers. They ran with Ralph Hasenhutl for a couple of years and were hanging in there. When they left, they rolled the dice on Nathan Jones. And he was horrible. And they brought in a guy named Ruben Sellis to finish the season out. And he did not do too well either. So this is a club that's been kind of on the – downs for a few years for a little stretch this was coming um you know we'll talk about it more in the previews but it's going to be in or the uh season predictions it, it's going to be interesting to see how they um recover uh last time we played them was uh actually last year we drew 1-1 in a league cup game and ended up losing 6-5 on pens was that uh iorfa uh, who shouldn't have been taking a pen? Was that I that mean, he game? Did, yes, he didn't have a choice. He was, it was the 10th penalty, so. Uh, whatever it was, yeah, I, whatever we lost. I thought it was like, I thought it was 6-5, but either way. Anyway, uh, so just brief background, Southampton, Hampshire, they're the Saints, the St. Mary's church team, um, formed 1885 uh, in the league in the 20s, largely a third, second division club. Um made uh, back-to-back promotions in 2011, 2012, had been in the Premier League until this past year, and were kind of well-known for being a developmental club. They had Pochettino, um, and then they were the Liverpool Feeder Club. Um, just the quick list of names I had written down, Lambert, Klein, Lovren, Lalana, Crouch, Van Dijk, Mane, all coming out of there. And uh, of note, uh, another one may be on the dock as well, which we'll get to. Um, their manager is Russell Martin, who we ran into with MK Dons a couple of years ago. He's the guy who uh, started Dons and turned them into being the crazy possession team. Uh, he models his teams after Barcelona and City. Uh, short passes, balls in the channel, balls in the can't box. Get, can't get away uh, from that even in this league, huh? Well, we will eventually. No. There's going to be a Neil Warnock team. So, <laughs> well, but but Martin's uh, in some ways Martin's almost the prototype that all these other guys yeah. are looking to become. Um, they can play three at the back or four at the back. Usually, likes to use a double pivot. Um, just to give an example of the possession style of this team, last year they used a single pivot. Uh, Matt Grimes was the central defensive midfielder uh, at Swansea. 
he led the top four divisions in English professional football in touches. So they are quite willing to hold on to the ball, move it around. Um, if they don't have the ball, they press high, um, you know, pressure the strong side, fall back. And once you advance the ball, then they fall. They tend to drop back. They're pretty defensively solid. Um, I, I feel very certain that even though they're on the road, they are going to come after us. They're going to try to hold the ball, move it around, uh, get inside of us and make something happen. Now, when you see the list of players on this team, uh, I think everybody knows James Ward-Prowse, uh, names like Shea Adams, Adam Armstrong, Kyle Walker-Peters, Stuart Armstrong, Tino Livramento, uh, Jan Bednarik. Uh, the, the one interesting guy that's probably going to go to Liverpool is what the story is right now is Romeo Lavia. He's a uh, Belgian international, uh, just started becoming one. He's a excellent central defensive midfielder, can run with the ball, can move it. Um, he is almost certainly out of there. James Ward-Prowse is going to be out of there. Shea Adams is probably going to be out of there. Kyle Walker-Peters, uh, Livramento, all of these guys have rumors. They are going to be gone by the end of September. Uh, problem is, or the end of this month, problem is we're not. There, yeah, the window's still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're still there. So my big question for this game is whether or not Russell Martin says, fuck it, I've got all these guys, I'm going to play my best team and bank points. Or if he says, I need to bank I money in the transfer gone. window. <laughs> Well, they're definitely gonna they're going to do that. But yeah. the, the question is, are they is he going to roll out a team that he knows he's gonna see in September and October? Mm -hmm. Or is he gonna roll out what is for this level, you know, basically an all star team. So um I don't know. I, I think we're we got our work cut out for us. That's a really, really tough opening fixture to play it's, it's a, a tough very talented team and it's team. a team that's obviously not only played in the Premier League recently, but played together for a, a Fair bit too, which is not something you can say about the Wednesday squad that they're going to roll out. I thought about and their like, manager is yeah. uh, their manager is widely considered one of the best young managers in England. So ours is not, even though he's young. <laughs> I I thought about uh, you know considering like oh how 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 would you line up against Southampton? But I don't actually know who's available to play between uh, you know, obviously both Palmer and Byers coming back into preseason games fairly late and all the new signings that may not have uh, settled in yet or, or match fit yet for, you know, 60 or 90 minutes. I just, like, I'm like, I'm going to watch this game coming with no expectations. I would not be shocked if they get their doors blown off here. I just don't want to read a lot into it, but it's not the way I want to start the season either. Mm. No, because you're right. You don't. You, you can't read too much in this. Right. Another thing, Mike, that uh, Wednesday fans never do yeah, is read not. too much into small sample sizes. We did not overreact. Um, no, no, no. Um, Definitely didn't no, overreact to the Pompey first game last year. So from one, well, I think that I think we had good cause to overreact to that. Um, but I, I, to me, the ideal way to do this then is is use that four one four one play more or less sort of a. 5-4-1 or a 4-5-1 depending on how you want to look at it and look to hit them on the counter you know right. play defensively <laughs> solid you know they're going to try to control the ball get the turnovers move it quickly upfield try to counter even though 
we're at home, that seems to be the way that we would get points. Look, and if you want to look on the, the positive side, I don't know who's going to set up as the one, if it's going to be Vox or Backinson, but they're both players that are fairly comfortable with the ball at their feet. And we've talked about the center back signings who are fairly comfortable with the ball at their feet. You know, there might be a, there might be a way through. I think that the defensive solidity is going to be tested here. Uh, if I were to make an official prediction, uh, it's going to be 2-0 Southampton. They'll score in like the 15th minute. Wednesday will make a good accounting for themselves. They'll create a dumb foul in the 72nd minute, like eight yards outside of the box, and James Ward-Prowse will just absolutely ping it into the top corner. I've seen that movie, Jeff. I, I have too, yeah. <laughs> well, let me just ask, Mike, what are your, uh, your thoughts on, on the yeah, I, I always go nil-nil for the uh, first opener. <laughs> first one, yeah, fair enough. But... But but in this case, yeah, we are we're definitely going in um, as uh, uh, as the underdog. So yeah, uh, maybe two one to Southampton. Yeah. Who sco- who scores for Wednesday? Oh boy, um, let's go Wendas. Why not? Yeah, fair 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 enough. Perhaps better streets ahead come Tuesday in the League Cup with Stockport County. Um. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll get to the players. Actually, we can even start there uh, since that comes in. Like, they uh, they have a manager, Dave Chalinor, who's got a super fascinating uh, CV. He was a lower league center back for a while, was a player manager, actually. Uh, 12 years as a manager, he has six promotions, hmm. which is uh, pretty impressive. So he knows what he's doing. In fact, he took Stockport County uh, almost to back-to-back uh promotions last year, losing in Wembley uh, on penalty kicks to Carlisle in the League Two final after bringing him up from non-league the year before. Um, seems like a pretty good manager. Uh, Chalinor runs a 3-5-2, uh, did almost every game last year with a single pivot and two number eights. So it's similar to what we did with Darren Moore. Um, he likes to play expansive football too. This is, uh, we'll be curious to see what he does. He likes to have his wingbacks be aggressive, his center backs will carry the ball. He, he counters, they get balls into the box quick. They can play open. Um, they'd like to play that way. I'd be very curious if they try to do that coming into Hillsborough, playing against a team two divisions up on him. Um, I mean, if I'm him, I do because who gives a shit? Uh, you know, might as well go for the kill. But uh, and then you look at their roster, and I don't know any of these guys. I, I knew the name Nick Powell. He uh, had been at Wigan and then Stoke, uh, kind of attacking midfielder. I remember seeing him once. Uh, whatever. They got a couple forwards who score at League Two. Like, the team is not – they're a League Two team. There's zero excuse for us to not beat them at home. Uh, I don't care if it's one nothing and a bit of a slog. Uh, we need to do that. I feel like but it's a good spot to get a run out for some of these new players, too, that might yeah. not be ready for Friday. I kind of think Friday's game will dictate Tuesday's game as far as who who Cisco wants to put out there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if females and if we don't even try to win this. Um, Got to focus first, on the league, yeah. Yeah, focus on the league. <laughs> Way too early to say focus on the league, but all right, probably not too early. Well, but Mike, I, I think you might be right with with that in the sense it, it's not so much that we're going to sell the game out, but we will roll out our depth for that game, knowing that it's a League Two team, right? If we put out our best, um, biggest air quotes in the world, our best 11 on Friday, and it doesn't gel, he may just send them out again on Tuesday to figure out. 
Right. No, I think that's a great point. I, I think it does kind of depend on, on how that game goes. Um, so last year they missed, uh, they finished fourth in league two, missed the automatic spot by four points, even though they had the best goal difference in the league, uh, lost at Wembley, uh, to Carlisle on penalty kicks. Uh, the last time we played them was in the 2005 EFL cup. Uh, we won four to two and the previous season, uh, we, we took four points off them in league one. We were in the same league as them. No, two little things I thought were kind of interesting about them and we can kind of let it go. Stockport is uh, greater Manchester. Uh, so they are in that group with these clubs that are all dying out or have died out or are in danger of dying out with modern football. You look at the list of teams that are up there. There's Oldham, Rochdale, Berry, Macclesfield, who's done. Berry, who's done. I think they've been brought back, but they got killed. Bolton, Wigan, Preston, Ackerton, Stanley, Blackburn, and Burnley. And then, of course, the two Manchester clubs. So a lot of football up there. Um, and a lot of these clubs are struggling to, to stay afloat um, with that. And these are old clubs. Uh, Stockport was formed in 1883. They were the Heaton Norris Rovers. Sure. It was made up of Sunday school students from the Stockport Sunday uh, School. Good on uh, them. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I did a little more research, turned out back then, the only like guaranteed schooling for basically blue collar people was Sunday school. And it was an all day thing where you would kind of roll in on a Sunday, probably because you were a eight year old working in the coal mines or whatever the fuck, but you would roll in Sunday and do all day school. So a bunch of these kids got together and made a Rovers team 140 years ago. Uh, they've mostly been a third, fourth division team for their history. They peaked with five years in the championship um, in the mid nineties and actually made the league cup semifinals in 97 and uh, bless them. They knocked Sheffield United out on their way to that <laughs> semifinal. Um, they had some financial mismanagement in the 2000s. We complained. They went from the third division to the sixth division in four, four years, which is uh, really ugly when you go down three times in four years. Um, they're on their way back up. Um, by the way, in the mid to late 90s, their managers included uh, Wednesday Connected people, Dave Jones, mm -hmm. Gary Megson, and Carlton Palmer. All, I forgot uh, Carlton Palmer was a manager Palmer. briefly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite story about Stockport County, and then I, I apologize for spending too much time on them. This one's good. They've always worn blue and white kits. They have no set pattern to it. They don't know if it's checks or hoops or stripes or whatever. Um, and in 1978, following the World Cup, they, they made their blue a little bit lighter and mimicked the Argentina kit. <laughs> Well, they stopped doing that in 1982 with the uh, outbreak of the Falkland Islands War. So they had to scramble <laughs> to uh, take off their Argentina kits, which amuses me to no end. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For this game, I think we roll out whoever the fuck we have at the back end of our 23 and we knock this team out. So you say they have no set kit. I am looking at their 2023-2024 home kit. Actually, I mean, obviously they won't be wearing it. Because it, it's primarily blue. It's quite sharp. Uh, it's got like uh, blue with like some red diamonds on it, basically. It's a it's a very nice Puma kit. I didn't what their away kit was. That's what they'll actually be wearing. Uh, actually, I don't think I don't know if they can wear this light green. That feels like it's going to be a 
a kit clash. So it might just be a black and yellow kit. That's what I'm saying. They have a, actually a quite nice, uh, look at this, they have a quite nice kit lineup this year, if I'm honest. Puma did a very nice job with it. All I'm well, here, I, uh, <laughs> you guys actually missed League One already. This is League Two, to be fair. <laughs> I know, but just hearing you guys wax on about the history. Stockport of County, yeah. It's, and, yeah, I I love small. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I love and actually we we I could have gone on about their stadium which looks tiny and cool and all that. I just don't think Sheffield Wednesday should be playing those teams. That's mm -hmm. all. <laughs> well, let's talk about the teams Sheffield Wednesday will be playing this year and make some predictions. It is prediction time. We'll start at the top. Where will Wednesday finish in the table? Mike. I'm changing my answer. I'm going to go 16. All right. I will, oh, do you want me to change it in the dock while I'm here? That's fine. It's good. So 16th. Justin. 18th. 18th. That's good. Uh, Mike originally put 19th in the document, and that was my yeah. answer. So now, okay. I can, now I can say 19th. That would be 19th. All right. I should note we asked uh, about a dozen or so people. The highest answer we got was from Andy Fox, of all people, who put 10th. I think it was whoa, whoa, whoa. And Andy was super positive. He was the most optimistic. No. The only person with the top half uh, Shocking. prediction. Uh, nobody has him getting relegated. I'm uh, at 19th. I am tied for the, the lowest finish. I suspect how this is going to go. It's not going to be a good start. They'll sort things out by like October, November. Get safe-ish in March, and then just kind of coast to the end of the season from there. They'll, they'll peak at like 14th or 15th, and then just kind of finish 19th. That's my slightly more complicated prediction. Which teams are getting promoted? I guess I'll go first now. We'll do, we'll do reverse order. Um, I... Did not look at this or research it, but I'm I, I fairly good handle on, on which teams are in the championship. I am going to go with uh, Leicester, Middlesbrough, and Blackburn. Oh, wow. So I am going to go, unfortunately, with Leeds, Leicester, and Watford. And it no feels like the chalk. No particular order. Justin. Yeah. I feel very confident that two of the three teams that came down will go back up. Um, I think Leicester's the most talented. I think Leeds like, probably have has. Have you seen Leicester's transfer window? <laughs> yeah. It's like perverse. It's, it's like the League they, Two budget right there. Yeah. They're, they're all set. I, I have Leicester, Leeds, and I have no idea who. I just figured it wouldn't be all three. Um, and, and I went with Burrow as my other team at least you didn't pick Millwall. well i don't do that no we should note uh we had one person uh john finley your friend in portland, Mike, portland? had said all three relegated premier league teams would go back up patty I think is a good argument patty patty is predicting a double promotion for ipswich some people are yeah it's not uncommon yep and we did have uh one person predicted Millwall promotion, and that's Laura and Phoenix, who's of course been on the show before. Who is getting relegated? 
I've got QPR, Rotherham, Cardiff. You literally picked the three most popular teams, by the way. Uh, Sweet. Justin. <laughs> you picked the, the, yeah, the little truck. Uh, I am going to look. I'm required now that we're in the same league with them to pick Millwall. So I will pick Millwall. Okay. Uh, I'll pick Huddersfield for obvious reasons. And Rotherham, also for obvious reasons. Just ah. going with my heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the more traditional route. I think everyone else is. I'm going Birmingham, Cardiff, and Plymouth. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, Hull was the other team that we haven't mentioned. That I, they may be good. They may be fucking horrible. So I, yeah, I considered. Uh, like, yeah, like Tina's the only person that picked Hull to go down. Uh, Tina's a smart. Uh, Tina's a knowledgeable uh, football person. So. Mm. We should note that from the other team, nobody predicted Wednesday to go down because why would you? But there's yeah. just why do you want to set that expectation? That's what all the other it's just not fun. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of other people will. But six people thought Plymouth would go straight back down, and Ipswich thought two would go straight back down. And the only team that had both promotion and relegation. Thanks, Patty. Uh, I think Plymouth, I think it's I, a little. I think Ipswich will be okay. Plymouth, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I think Ipswich will be okay. I'd say just as surprising as no votes for Wednesday, uh, rather I'm getting 10 votes. Yeah, that's fine. Look. Seems about right. It's fine. Um, I actually think all three teams are going to be fine. Uh, Plymouth re-signed. They got Whitaker back. They got Bali Mamba signed, and they got Finizaz signed. Those three guys destroyed that league last year. Like, they were absolute studs. They have a great manager. It's not a deep squad. It's a lot of long trips. I think they're going to – they might – they didn't run out of gas well, I, last I year, think, so I don't think they're winning the league. They had 107 points or whatever the fuck <laughs> last year. Like Ipswich, Ipswich was great last year. They were like plus 66 or whatever it was. But they also all of that plus minus for them, all that goal difference was the last two and a half, three weeks of the season or month of the season when they were playing mid-table teams on the beach and pumping them at home. Now, it's not to when, say Wednesday should have tried good, that, by but, the way, but yeah. Uh, they should have. Yeah, should've no, been. I'm not taking away. I wouldn't it's actually change it. I decided I'm three months later. I wouldn't actually change a thing, so it's fine. But I just I would have changed some things that the... happened in the summer. But as far as last season goes, I wouldn't have changed. No, we'll we'll take that once it's done yep. with. But I just I don't understand how you have three teams who had fairly identical performances in that league, uh, three clear best teams in that league coming up and wildly. Multiple sources have us finishing 24th. Multiple sources have Plymouth uh, also getting relegated. And multiple people have Ipswich doing a double jump. Like, that's that's madness to me, but I don't know. It's the championship. It's always mad. It's the championship. It's always madness. It's good so good to be there. back. Leading score, <laughs> uh, player and number of goals, Mike. Uh, Windass, and I think I'm going 15. I'll, I'll leave that. Yeah, Windass at 15. Justin. Um, I had no idea. I finally settled on Smith because I think he'll be taking pens, and I'll say fourteen. <sighs> Feel great about any of this. Uh, <laughs> Gregory can't stay healthy. I don't think he's gonna start consistently either. I think Smith's gonna be the number nine up front and Windass is gonna be more in a roaming role behind him around the wing. Yeah, Smith thirteen. Okay. We have uh 
only two people predicted 20 goal scorers this year. Uh, Tina again and Rich. Uh, both with Windass. Tina with 20. Rich with 21. I hope they're right. Uh, well, like, uh, pretty note, sweet. Only one person picked Ashley Fletcher, and that's Demi. So. That would, can you imagine if Ashley <laughs> Fletcher was our leading scorer? I don't think Ashley Fletcher scored 20 goals in his career uh, that so would far. Be, oh, man. That would be great. Uh, Ashley uh, Fletcher's we, we will career... Take. We did have two people go with Gregory. So we had Patrick out in uh, Ohio, our mother cow. And, uh, uh, to be fair, Ashley Fletcher, uh, 47 goals in 213 career appearances. So. Well, he's due. He's due. Yeah. I will say <laughs> when he was last in the championship last year with Wigan, uh, 28 appearances and two goals. So, But sometimes you got to bite. It's like the price is right. You got to go. You get it right. You, nobody else is going to be close. So he's got that going for him. Wednesday player of the year. If you haven't done before, I, I like this one. I'll go first. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say uh, Akin Pemwell. I think if we survive, it'll be on the strength of the defense. Uh, he impressed me both in what little I watched in preseason and the end of last season. Good luck in Femwell. I went George Byers, and I think uh, that would infer that we have a healthy George Byers for the entire year, and that would be a good thing. Why did you go Byers? I think he makes things happen up front. I picked George Byers, uh, <laughs> which I thought was super random, and I, I didn't love it, but I think that when he's going to have enough of those games where he, like you said, he 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 gets things done, he makes shit happen, and also is the guy who's getting back and breaking up plays and, and yeah. doing things. And I think he's going to have, I don't know, 10 games where he's the best player on our team, and out of that 10... Four of them are important games, and when we get to, you know, the end of the season, we look back and we go, "Wow, we're in 18th because of those George Byers' great performances." Yeah. Kind of like Palmer last year, you know. Well, yeah, and that's what's fun about looking at this list of uh, people. Again, we have our, our 15 or so people who we got vibes from. There, there was not a standout. I mean, well, George Byers got five, but it kind of it going back to what you were saying, Jeff, about what would it mean if. Kamewo got player of the year. And yeah, Patty put a Hecwe. Yeah. I what does that mean if a Hecwe gets player of the year? I mean, and uh, I see Liam Palmer, Laura put Liam Palmer back. I mean, Tom Lees has won it before. So again, not a, I'm not a. Lees was nasty that year. Though. Yeah, but it's not a memorable <laughs> Wednesday season in terms of like, you know, results, as I recall. Yeah. No, we want an attacking player to win it. What would yes. it mean if Reese? What would it, I'm looking at Andy Knuckles. Reese James. I almost thought about Reese James. What would it mean if Reese James got Player of the Year? I think that would be fun. I think that would involve attacking football. Yeah, yeah. What former Wednesday player has a man of the match performance against Wednesday? It's Jamie Vardy. You think Jamie Vardy? And he, he, he's not going to celebrate any of it either. He's going to do it in Hillsborough. He's going to score like a brace as a late sub. He's just going to quietly walk back to the center line. Uh, I'm going to go with Dimmy here and pick Mark McGinnis. 
Yeah. yeah. It absolutely shuts us. Like, Cardiff is obviously going to be in a relegation scrap. Absolutely shut us down away at Cardiff or something. And score ahead. I want to, let's buy him in January. Yeah, that's fine, too. Mike. Yeah. I went uh, with the, the least likely, which is Adam Reach. He probably will score two goals. <laughs> He'll score two goals all season, and they'll both be against Wednesday. Uh, the general oh, cons- that motherfucker will celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> the general consensus was, of course, uh, George Hurst, who's back at Ipswich. Uh, I, as an actual Ipswich player. I will note uh, uh, Andy picked uh, Michael Antonio on loan at Leeds, Norwich, or Leicester. He's like, like West Ham going <laughs> to send him out on Leicester? <laughs> of all things Leicester already did in the transfer window, they go ahead and get a loanie. Maybe. That. All right, how many managers, Mike? Well, I think I just think two. Unfortunately, you don't think this gonna last the season? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Justin. One. One. I think one too. I think he's gonna be there the whole year. I actually do. I don't think. Uh, which is not the. You know what? I probably and I've probably changed my mind since we've done this. Since I filled this out, but yeah, I'll go too. I don't know. It's tough to say. I just think that. I just have to give him the whole season at this point. Well, that logically, who's going to take the job? Who are we we talking about, though? I know. Any interesting cup predictions? I think if we draw a Premier League team at Hillsborough, we win. Okay. I think we're going out early in both. Maybe even Stockport. I will predict we finally get Wrexham and get on TV in the League Cup. Oh, my God. Do you think they'll include us in season three? Oh, God, I would want to smash them so bad. They've gone from kind of fun story to die in a fire in a very short amount of time. Coming down the home stretch now. Uh, my favorite, actually, a derby. Maybe we'll be playing Leeds again this year. So, points and results. Against Leeds United in the Yorkshire Derby. I say, this year. I say we lose three to one at Leeds in September. We win one nothing at home in March. Mike, yeah, just for giggles, I went six zero and six zero. But yeah, love it. But why not? We'll go with two. Because well, that's one. never not going to be funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> gonna go with two one one draws. That's probably more realistic, you know. And uh, Mike added this one at the end, which I like. How many chairman statements will we publish on the website this season? Summarize one of them. Uh, I'm going I'm to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with two. And one of them will be explaining why D-Taxis is now on the shirt. <laughs> instead of a up yeah talk about the wednesday news we buried in, the lead on in that november one. okay <laughs> you already predicted it mike on the last one so it's true i'm just reading some of our responses we got yeah. from this family um and a lot of them have the general tone of i'm doing my best but you guys just don't understand so yeah I mean, I actually think... Go ahead. Uh, 
Patrick Arbadlikow. Four statements all summarized by you people don't know what the fuck you are talking about. There you go. I mean, look, I've, this is 220 episodes of this podcast. That's pretty clear at this point. So, uh, Andy Fox says, yeah, you'll see this later on. Andy Fox saying that uh, if we're not in the top six, we expected a uh, better standard. So we uh, are saying goodbye to our manager. So uh, Patty predicted similar. I wait to you still have to hear. So, Justin, how many uh, chairman statements will we get this year? No, I was boring. I, I, I think I'm wrong about this, but I just put zero. I mean, hmm. maybe he'll just shut the fuck up and go right. away again. Which Price is, is really right rules. Nice yeah, when he did that for a little while. Yeah, um, Mike. Re- realistically, there will be a mid-season one, uh, probably post-holidays, to talk about why we're all skimmed because we didn't buy more fucking shirts at the holidays. <laughs> But I, I'm going to go with zero. I spent my $165, so. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Mike, you also said zero. Uh, it's it's going to be some. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, can, we have a doc, so we can track this uh, as the season goes on. But for now. Oh, I should do... Uh, or other business because there are meetups for said Friday game, three o'clock kickoff on the East coast. Your time zone may vary on ESPN plus in the New York Owls will be in Brooklyn at Interborough for a family day. So you can bring your under 21s. We'll also be at, and Boston will be at Phoenix land back in Phoenix landing in Cambridge. We well, can, I'm bringing my under 21. You so are bringing your under 21. Uh, we also have a uh, special uh, guest from uh, our Nova Scotian Owl or mm, original yes, Toronto do. Owl is going to be down in Boston. So Fantastic. we'll be hanging out with Demi as well. Yeah. Uh, Doralines will be back at Finn McCool's. I assume the other under 21s there can just drink like Sazeracs. <laughs> and <laughs> Portland will be at Goal. We'll be at Goal. Um, bring your under 21s as well. Uh, it's my uh, wedding anniversary that day. My wife's been kind enough to join us. So yeah, join Excellent. us. I'm sure, uh, obviously, take a look on the website. We might have some more late-breaking meetups as it is an ESPN Plus game and a, and a Friday afternoon game. So keep an eye out for that. But for now, this has been episode 223 of the Owls AmeriCast. Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. You can find us on the internet, owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro on bumpers. Our felt Wednesday it's Reverend of the Makers. Podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download shows. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And if you want to get in contact, uh, sorry, if you, wherever you choose to consume the Owls AmeriCast, we ha- ask you rate and review the show. That's more Wednesday. It's find our ramblings. And a banner hosting job by me. Jesus Christ. In three weeks <laughs> off. Justin's on Twitter at New England Owls. Justin, new season. You roll into Phoenix Landing. First drink on the table to celebrate. Always. Football beer, man. I got a Guinness. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owl. Mike, you're rolling into goal. It's lunch. It's lunchtime there. It's lunchtime. Lunch, what's, your, what's your lunchtime drink of choice? Might go back to work. Might not. Uh, they have a really nice old fashioned there, so I'll probably do that. Uh, I'm on oh. Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. I don't know where... Exactly, I'll be for this. I vote 
somewhat crowded Friday schedule. I have a Boy Genius concert in the evening, which really doesn't interfere with 1 p.m. kickoff here. I suspect I am going to be pouring. It's supposed to be a little bit cooler. Maybe I will do a Kingston Negroni. That's what I'm going to go for, which is just uh, Negroni proportions with uh, Smith & Cross rum. We'll have new drinks uh, and new Wednesday matches to talk about next week.